Welcome back to Nurse Talk. I'm Casey Hobbs along with Shane Mason, and we are two of the thousands of nurses on duty today. So Casey, hearing the words you have early onset Alzheimer's would be for some the end of the world, but not so for Greg O'Brien. He's a tough, funny, highly intelligent, and by his own admission, good-looking Irishman. So when this disease came knocking on his door five years ago at the age of 59, he knocked back with everything he had. Relying on his faith and the unconditional love and support of his family and friends, he lifted his spirits and it's kept him strong. Greg is an award-winning investigative reporter and has written his memoir, On Pluto, Inside the Mind of Alzheimer's. He talks freely about what it's like to lose your mind and see slices of your very identity slipping away. In the book, he communicates objectively the patient perspective of living with this condition. So New York Times bestselling author Lisa Genova writes in the book's foreword, if you're trying to understand what it feels like to live with Alzheimer's, then you need to read this book. So welcome, Greg, and thanks for being with us today on Nurse Talk. Um, Greg, you liken your experience of Alzheimer's to a trip out to Pluto where no one can hear you or see what you said, see, see you or hear what you said. Can you say more a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, first of all, I'd like to tell you how much admiration I have for nurses. My sister Maureen in uh, uh, Westchester County has been a nurse all her life. So um, in, in, in my mind, the, the, the nurses are, are, are really the front row and, and the front line. And um, you can't say enough about the work that they do. So I just oh, wanted thanks. to say that. Thanks, Greg. And remember, the check is in the mail for that. We appreciate <laughs> it. Great. Um, the, the first of all, uh, I want to answer your question, but for background, it, it may be helpful for people to know that um, my um, my maternal uh, 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 someone just came in the room. I had to wave him off. Sorry for <laughs> that's right. I was think of it as waving at you. Um, first of all, uh, my uh, maternal grandfather died of Alzheimer's, and um, my mother and what I call in my book a bruising prize fight of a battle against the disease, died of it as well. Uh, several years ago, I started experiencing the symptoms of memory loss, loss of self, um, not recognizing where I was in familiar places, not recognizing familiar people, um, agitation and rage. And then I had a serious head injury. Uh, dumbass that I am, that's okay to say, because it's the truth. I was uh, um, riding a bicycle without a helmet and was thrown from the bike and landed on my head, mm. um, which doctors say uh, unmasked a disease in the making, uh, similar to what you see with pro football players who are predisposed to have dementia or Alzheimer's, and it, it brings it on. Then mm -hmm. I, I, I was... Um, Symptoms got worse and uh, then went through the brain scans and spec scans and clinical tests, which confirmed the diagnosis. And I also carry um, the marker gene uh, APOE4. And I'm sure you, you probably as a nurse know what that is. Um, on, on Pluto, the title um, started as investigative recorder when I was young years ago. I covered organized crime and the mafia and um, actually had a few uh, uh, death threats against me and contracts by the Mexican mafia on my life for investigative stories that I did. Um, and and uh, so what, what I would always tell sources when we go off the record, I would say, um, we're going out to Pluto. 
where we're going to be off the record, where uh, no one hears what you say and nothing leaves this planet. And um, friends of mine would always say, or colleagues, when you talk, are we going out to Pluto? And it became kind of a celebrated joke thing with my buddies and social friends. And we talk about things that no one should really hear. They'd say, are we going out to Pluto? And I'd say, yeah. And um, so in Alzheimer's, as you probably know, there's, as it was with my mother, there's that urge at times where you drift out because you just can't take it anymore. And I had to invent a place that was safe and that I knew. So I called it going out to Pluto. And, um, and I come back, but there's a day and a time when I won't return as my mother didn't. Mm -hmm. Wow, Greg, I, I have to say you write very well. Um, I'm about halfway through your book and it's so delightfully written. The, the uh, one thing I would say about that, and, and I have a strong faith and raised Irish Catholic and a, a more what you might call evangelical Catholic. And I tell my friends, uh, don't tell my relatives in Dublin because they would stone me for saying that. But um, my writing is a gift from God, and I believe that. And um, it's 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 a, you know we all work off our own gifts. You 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 guys have tremendous gifts on your own. That's just my gift. Yes, it was. It's very lovely. So, can you um, tell us about what it was like the day that uh, you go into the doctor's office with your lovely wife, Mary Catherine? And hear the news that, yep, it's Alzheimer's, early onset Alzheimer's. What'd that do for you? Um, well, I cried. Um, and and, and the, the doctor knew, because he talked to my personal physician, Dr. Barry Conant on Cape Cod, who's a, a personal friend of mine. And the neurologist knew from talking to Barry that he had to get my attention to fight this. Mm -hmm. And um, he said... Uh, I'm going, uh, he, he gave me the diagnosis and, and he said, um, I'm speaking to you as if you're terminal. To which I said, well, anyone in the room who doesn't think they're going to die someday, please raise your right hand. Mm -hmm. and, and he said, well, that's the kind of fight I want from you. Mm -hmm. And um, what it did was, um, it was kind of relief I know that sounds odd. No, I get it. But but having give you an idea right now um, as the progression, uh, at times sixty percent of my short term memory now is gone in sixty seconds. I often don't recognize where I am in familiar places. Uh, regularly don't recognize people out of the context I normally see them. Um, I see things that aren't there. Uh, the impolite word is hallucination at times. Mm. Um, go into tremendous rage. Um, I've lost the ability to um, figure out space and in and, 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 and relation, you know, in terms of where you're going to park a car or something like that, uh, and and lost my balance. Um, and so, it, it, and I forgot the question you asked because this is what happened. So, that's I okay. I, I like where you went with it, and you kind of, sort of, in a roundabout way, I answered that question. Dead end because I don't know where the freak we are right now. But yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. I you did it beautifully. I had asked you about um, what it was like when you got the diagnosis, and you did that very nicely. Greg, I'm wondering at what age did you begin to notice all this was starting to take place? Uh, 
in my uh, I'm 64 and it was in my later 50s. Okay. And so you were having symptoms before. Did you have symptoms before you injured your head yes. in the bicycle yeah. accident? I did, and I was able to fight through them, but they were troublesome. And when I had the bike accident, I couldn't fight through them anymore. Yeah. And so I can see what you mean when you say when you got the mm -hmm. diagnosis, it, there was actually a little bit of relief in that you could finally admit to yourself, yep, this is real, well, what I've been denying all these years. On that, my, which I write about in my book, um, by the way, I, I, as I mentioned before, the, the book has just been released. It's on the way nationally to bookstores, and I'm not sure what bookstores it's in now, but it's on its way to national bookstores. But you can get it on Amazon, and you can get Amazon.com, and on my website, on Pluto.org. Um, the, the point I want to make is when I told my son, Brendan, um, about it, who's 29, 30 years old, he's a writer, producer in Boston, uh, his first reaction was relief as well. He said, Dad, that explains a lot. Those were the first words which I write about in my book that, that were out of his mouth. Yeah. And, and speaking of your family, I know you dedicated your book to your mother, Virginia Brown O'Brien, who you said also fought, I think you said, a, a bruising battle with Alzheimer's. You write that a lot of your family has been diagnosed with various forms of dementia. Were they part of your inspiration for wanting to share your story with others? Yeah, particularly my uh, grandfather and, and my mother and, and my father, um, Francis Xavier, both my parents are second generation Irish Americans. He had prostate cancer and uh, severe circulation bypass issues. But toward the end, he was also diagnosed with dementia. Um, you know, inheritance is a mixed bag. Um, I've also been diagnosed with prostate cancer and um, I've chosen not to treat it um, in a decision with my doctors because um, there is no cure now for Alzheimer's. You can't remove a brain and um, we have wonderful nursing homes and I don't want to take anything away from that. But I've seen what it's like with my mother yes. and I don't want my children to see that and yes. uh, I've made that decision. That's yes. my exit strategy. Uh, yeah, I, I can totally understand that decision and um, herald it. So, Greg, I, I'm curious because in the book you talk about the medications that you're on. Did you start those medications before your your Alzheimer's diagnosis? Uh, yeah, they, they, they um, after the head injury, I, I, I went to a neurologist, and, and they this was still... And, and they're still trying to figure out how to treat this, but there was a new pill out or recently out called Aricep. Mm -hmm. And they put me on Aricep. And, um, and it got me through the day. And, but in time, as more and more symptoms came on me, um, I needed more. And they told me, well, we can't give you more. So, you know, you have to have a sense of humor and, and, and you got to survive. And I, you know, the doctors tell me I'm working off what they call a cognitive reserve and, um, which is a blessing, uh, you know, in, in that, and, and I just needed that. So 
I started asking friends of mine, uh, particularly whose parents had passed away, who were good friends, I'd say, geez, I'm really sorry your father died and we'd cry. And then I'd say, by the way, does he have any stash of Aricep you can give me? And, <laughs> oh. my, my wife was in the car one day when I was talking to a good friend of mine, Jeff Smith, an artist on Cape Cod, and whose dad just died, had Aricep. And she said, oh my God, you sound like a ghoul. And I said, well, that's what I need. And uh, so right now I take um, 23 milligrams, and as a nurse you would know this, 23 milligrams of Aricep, which I believe is the legal limit now, 20 milligrams of Selexia, uh, of, of Namenda, 20 milligrams of Selexia to fight the depression, yes. and uh, 50 milligrams of Trazazone to help me sleep, but I refuse to take that because it makes me loopy and I don't want stuff to make me loopy. And do you have trouble sleeping? Yeah. And my mother did too. I'm, I'm up mm -hmm. every two hours, mm -hmm. but, um, I took the Aricet, I mean, I took the, the, um, Trazazone and it, I, it just made me loopy and, and the next day. And, and I find, I know there are different points of view on, um, Aricep and Namenda, but the two of them together, as the doctors say, um, a combination drug that reboots the brain. And I think it works for some and not the others, but my neurologist knew I wanted to function as high as I could. He knew I wasn't going to slow down. He knew by not slowing down, um, I'll go through the reserve quicker. But in his wisdom, I think he said, look, you want some quality years here and we're going to give you that. That's great. So what advice, Greg, would you give to someone who's just been diagnosed with Alzheimer's? Um, I, I would tell them that, that um, in the diagnosis that you can live with Alzheimer's, that the dying part comes later. It, it, it is a death in slow motion. It's akin, as others have said, to having a sliver of your brain shaved off every day. I just had a book signing today on Cape Cod and a woman came and she brought her husband. Um, my guess is they were in, he was in his seventies and he had early onset Alzheimer's and I could tell the symptoms. And, um, it, it was a wonderful experience for me to be able to look him in the eye and to tell him to keep fighting. And I got him to smile and I got him to say, use your brain every day. I exercise every day. I write every day. You know, as a nurse, that's, uh, I, I can't, I can't emphasize that enough. Um, there is medication that can slow it. Um, I can't live without my faith and my hope and my humor. The, the, the one thing that I would like to, what I try to stress in the book, it's not a misery memoir. It's about how to live with Alzheimer's, but it's also to demystify and debunk the myth, not the myth, but the stereotype of Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's is not just the end stage when you're in a nursing home and mm -hmm. you don't know who you are and you've lost your continence. There are days when I don't know who I am, frankly, and I have lost my continence. Alzheimer is, is the journey. Um, mm -hmm in getting there. And there are millions of people like me, many afraid to talk. And I'm talking because as a journalist, I don't know any other way, having seen my mother and my grandfather and knowing that 
this disease is going to wipe out a generation if nothing is done, the baby boomers. And, um, and I just forgot what I was going to say, but man, was it good. <laughs> it was good. It's been good all along. You're talking about the, the journey of Alzheimer's and the, the stereotype of the end stages in the nursing yeah. home. You've been absolutely brilliant in your ability to get the word out, both in writing in the book and here in person. You're doing, you're doing a lovely job. So your mission is to get the word out to, to people about Alzheimer's and how many of us are affected by it so that we will increase research um, to do something about this disease. Um, can you say a little bit of, of, you talk a little bit in the book about your soul and the journey, because of course your mind and your body are not necessarily that, um, is that what's held you in good stead? Yeah. I mean, um, and I've written this in the book, my mind used to be my best friend and, and now I don't see any chance for reconciliation. I, I thought of my mind years ago as with me anyway, like a big garbage pail where I throw all sorts of stuff in and good stuff and bad stuff and stuff that no one really cares about, uh, trivia, all that nonsense, uh, not nonsense. Cause I thought it was important then. And, uh, now, um, my ability, uh, to absorb is more like a flower vase and I have to pick and choose. And, and I believe at some level people can do that if you do it consciously about what you're going to focus on and let the rest go. There's that old saying, let it go. And, and, and so Alzheimer's, I believe like water uh, finds the lowest level. And, um, so in me, it's starting to take out a lot of executive functions, the short term, all the stuff I told you before, but the essence of who I am in my heart and my soul is, is a writer is, is a communicator. And I've learned over the years, the, these recent years, not to think and write with my head, because I can't, but to think and write from my heart and my soul, which is really the essence of all of us, who we are. I, I thought, you know, my business card, not that I made a lot of money as a writer, but, you know, what I made, my achievements, I thought that was me. And you get stripped naked in Alzheimer's, and you don't like what you see, but now you have a chance to fix it or fix some of it. And you do that in faith and walking through your heart. So that's, I know people don't understand it and they don't understand the stereotype of it, but that can be a blessing. That's great. I want to thank you so much, Greg, for uh, writing the book and for staying honest and tackling such a difficult subject. We really appreciate your time today. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you very much. So we've been talking with award-winning journalist Greg O'Brien. His book is on Amazon.com. It's also at Pluto.org. 